0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Please be seated. I read the gospel several days ago and phoned a friend of mine who's a priest. He and I are really best friends, and I said, what would you want – he wasn't preaching this week – and I said, do you want to switch places? He said, no, and I said, what would you want if you were hearing this gospel reading today said, I want the truth. And of course, I wanted to answer him like Jack Nicholson in the great movie, you can't handle the truth, but that's only because I wanted to say it like Jack Nicholson said it in the movie for no other reason, Um, and for no other reason. Uh, These are difficult things that we deal with in the text this morning when Jesus tells them Yes, you can come join me. Well, the person says, well, I want to go do this. Well, then you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Who amongst us, if setting out on a journey of some sort, if something happened that was tragic, like burying a father or a mother, or saying goodbye to family, or moving about, would not want to go and say goodbye or handle the things that needed to be handled before you set out? on the road, and yet Jesus says, you're not fit to serve. And so, is there a little hyperbole here? Maybe. Maybe there is a little hyperbole, but maybe there's a lesson lying within it. (laughs) I have this odd distinction of liking really weird things, and one of them is the book of Kings. Um, which you have a reading from this morning. There's two reasons that I like this reading. One of them is the first is that Jehu is mentioned, and Jehu is the only person noted in the Old Testament for driving like a maniac. It's true. Go look it up today in in the Book of Kings. They said we can tell when Jehu's coming because he drives like a maniac. That's actually the way the text reads. And some of your teenagers and some of you drive like Jehu, so there it is. Um, But the second is this misinterpreted, misread thing that we have that happens every three years. And our reader did it perfectly. Martha, you did it great, um, because you read it exactly the way that it's supposed to be read without us picking up on the distinction. And the distinction is, and I'm not a grammar snob, I'm not. Trust me, if you've ever read anything I've wrote, I'm not a grammar snob, is the question mark. The question mark that appears when he tells Elijah, well, let me go and do this, this, and this. And then Elijah said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? Question mark. It's the same question that Jesus asks the others. But we read it as go back again. It's sort of a steady reading. We don't understand that there's a question that's inferred there because he's just thrown the yoke, his mantle, on Elisha. Elijah, being the chief prophet, has given… this is it right here, the mantle, right here. He's thrown it over his head and said, you're taking over, come and I'm going to teach you. It's also the reason that we hear that my yoke is light, my burden is light too. It's the stole of the priest. He's thrown it over him as the chief prophet. He's given him the office, and he says, okay, well, that's pretty cool, but let me go back and say goodbye to everybody after what I've just done to you. Okay, well, go back and say goodbye to everybody. And he does, and they kill the fatted calf, have a party, and then he follows. But Christ, Jesus, our Lord, this morning is not so willing to let such a thing happen. I will come and follow you. First, let me go bury my father. Let the dead bury their dead. I will come and follow you. I don't have anywhere to uh, lay my head. Um, Okay, well, in that case, I'm not coming. You know, I want somewhere to lay down and sleep. I will come and I'll do whatever. You think that now, he says. Because it tells us at the opening of it that he had set his face towards Jerusalem. In another gospel, it says he had set his face like flint, like a rock. I said this one time years ago in children's Sunday school when I was about, I think I was about 25 when I was teaching uh, children's Sunday school in the Methodist church, for the first time that I'd ever ventured back into a church since I was about 15. And the kid said, like, Fred Flintstone? I was like, yeah, that's right, like Fred Flintstone. That's lost on many of the kids that are here. He had set his face like flint, like a rock, to Jerusalem. And we all know, although maybe you don't, where we're at, at this course in the gospel. He'd set his face on Jerusalem because what's next? He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. Those who follow him will die after, all twelve. One of them will die very quickly, actually, because he betrayed him. And then the new one will get killed, too. They will all die, all of them a martyr's death, except for one, save one. They will all die a martyr's death. I want to follow you. I will go wherever you're going." Really? Because you're going to die a martyr's death. He didn't say that. Well, let me go say goodbye to my parents. You're not fit. You're not ready. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have had something so catastrophic happen in your life, in a moment, to a friend, a family member, a father, a mother, anybody, a sister, anyone, and it happened and you're flying out the door and you're ready. You've got the keys in the car. You're ready to go and you're headed out. Hey, but wait a minute. Let me, uh, uh, I put steak out on the counter to, to let me go back in and put that in the fridge or I need to, uh, wait a minute, I need to go back in and make sure the thermostat is set just right. Let me go back in and make sure that this is handled just properly before I go off and handle that. I would dare to say that most of you have not done those things. At the same time that I was 25 or 26, I had a cousin, Sarah. She's a beloved cousin. We're like sisters. We still are, sisters and brothers. I'm, we are like sisters. <laughs> I got some things to tell you a little bit later. Um, sisters and brothers, um, she is a beloved friend. She's had a long, hard life, and she is wonderful. She is perfect in God's eyes. And when I was about 25 or 26, I got a call. I was working at my dad's office. He was a private investigator. He had retired from the police department. He had offered and opened a private investigation firm, and I served papers for a living. Boy, that was fun. <laughs> uh, it was good money, too. But, um, so, I get a call. I'm in the office, and they said, Sarah's been kidnapped at the house. She's been taken. We don't know who took her. The next day, we find out that someone had taken her and tortured her and done various things, none of them as horrible as your mind goes, but they had scared her enough. And I didn't say, well, wait a minute, I've got to do this or that, or wait a minute, I'm working on this paperwork, or wait a minute, I've got to go serve this paper. I said, I'm putting my keys in the car in the ignition right now, I'm headed to Houston, Texas." That's where I was driving to. And that's what you would do too if it was your daughter, your friend, someone that you were very close to. So what is going on here? He set his face like stone to Jerusalem. He was going to be put on a cross. Are you ready for the things that I'm about to give you? Can you drink from the cup? I'm about to serve you because it will end in death and martyrdom. It will be the proclamation of a faith for thousands of years to come with people sitting in a room such as this, and it will be glorious, and everyone will uphold you. But are you ready? So when you read it, are you ready to go on that journey? Sometimes... I don't know if I am, and yet here I stand with this thing, and I took a vow to go, but sometimes I have to be shoved out the door.